Hello, and welcome to the third segment of what we're recording today on Dragon Talk, live here on the Twitches. Uh I am Greg Tito. In case you didn't know, we are joined by... Wolfgang Bauer. Oh my gosh, I can't believe he's here. I'm here, you summoned me. And he appears. We also have my co-host... Shelly Mazanoble. Is that your name? Oh, I'm sorry. What is my name? I Ma- spelled it wrong. Mazabuble. 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 Like, like Michael Buble. <laughs> you sing like him too. You have a, a very l- luxurious voice. I do. Yes. Yeah. Nice. I'll spare you. But. So we're doing this on the lives. Uh, it's oh the God, first day of fools. doing it. Yeah. Mad men. Mad women. Mad women. I, we are not, all mad here. Whose idea, idea was this? Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to blame it on uh, Nathan Stewart. It was all his idea. Uh, Nathan like, did say, oh, I'll be on any time. Like, that was going to make up for it. It's true. Really? And mm, guess who's out this week? Oh, convenient. Um, yeah, like he was doing it on purpose. And who's out next Monday? You? Oh, actually me, but him too. Oh, because you're going to be at Origins. Yeah, so right. the fact mm-hmm. that I'm not going to be here next Monday Origins? does not Origins? mean Are you going that. to Origins too? <laughs> I wish I were going to Are Origins. You? Cobalt Press is running like 40 games of D&D at Origins, and I'm not there. Why? What? I'm sad because I have of Columbus. other Because you have to run around delivering books? Yeah, delivering actually, books? I am hand-delivering books. I uh, Yeah, I have a new book. We'll get to that. Oh, <laughs> we'll get to that. But first, witty banter. Yes, exactly. Cue the the uh, the banter as it goes. So, thank you guys so much. Uh, if you had paid attention to the stream of Annihilation, uh, we announced our new uh, storyline, Tomb of Annihilation, which is coming. When is it coming? September eighth. Uh, into game stores everywhere, uh, as well as most likely on uh, Roll Twenty and Fantasy Grounds. It'll be available then, uh, and then everywhere September nineteenth. It's a crazy story. Jungles, Lost Continents. We're playing it right now. We're playing it right now. We're Tabaxi, the cat people, not yep. the not the the, the human uh, tribe named Tabaxi. Oh, we, I feel like we have to clarify that every time okay. because there's two Tabaxi. There's the big Here. T and the small T. Oh, yeah, and uh, so we're playing in that, and it's really fun and interesting. A lot more like uh, uh, you know Indiana Jones meets Very. zombie dinosaurs. Yep. Kind of feel. I'm uh, on board with that. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, looks pretty amazing, right? Yeah, no, it's a big change. And too, then, of course, right? it's a, a Sarah Rack, the dude behind you, mm. uh, Don't mind uh, looming. Him. Don't mind him. I'm nervous all of a sudden. Exactly. He likes to be He looms him. with uh, with intent. Yeah. Just don't put your hands or feet near the, the mouth. Mm. Yeah, did you see her? I saw. Yeah. And all the dice, the beautiful dice. Exactly. One of those is going to walk out with me. Uh, I think Could it's this one. Could be this one. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> or no, it's that one. No, it's mine. They're awesome. We, I want to give it to I want to give him my die. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, for bearing with us as we're doing this live uh, here. We have uh, some chat as well where we can talk to you guys. Uh, so if you have a really good question uh, for me or Shelly or Ryan uh, or Wolfgang, I guess, if you want or to ask Sean. something. Sean's Anyone. working his butt And Sean as well, yes. Sean's helping us thank with the videos. You, Sean. With a Z at the end. Videos. Uh, Greg and, is uh, good at spelling. It is true. It's one of my strong points, <laughs> really. Do you even need to be a speller anymore in the age of spell check nope. and or the internet? No. Nope. You can just, because, you know, you do it in the search bar and it'll be like, did you mean to say this? I'm like, oh, yeah, that is, that is what I meant. Manzo, yes. mezzo, bearers, and zen. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. And then you spits it out. That's what you're thinking. Menzo Baranzen, mm. which mm. I learned from Bob how to really pronounce that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Always getting it Bob wrong. actually taught you how to pronounce it. I never could. I'm like, who made this up? It, uh, it's, it, it's actually different from the way I normally it do it. It was different. It's uh, Menzo Barazan. Like it's a, yeah. there's, there's an accent at the end, right? 
Oh, now we're gonna we're gonna, now we're gonna we recorded it. Unearth it. There's we a got secret. It on video. There's a secret lost episode of uh, Dragon Talk uh, of talking to Bob, which we might the get out. Episode. The lost episode. From we might the get vaults. out there this uh, this this month. Uh, so should we do? Should I do the actual intro intro to Dragon Talk, or was that the intro? He told <laughs> <laughs> It's live, man. I know we're trying to make this live. <laughs> yeah, I think it was pretty good. I covered all the bases, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like we would normally. Yeah, I think so. Totally. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? You want to talk about your game? Uh, I have a game. Yay! Did you hear about my announcement? No. Tell oh. me about your game. We made a new board game. Yes. Are you familiar with Betrayal at House on the Hill? I, I am somewhat familiar. Have you Have you ever played a game called Dungeons and Dragons? <laughs> that sounds familiar. Okay. Well, sounds anyway, great. Mashed them up. Really. And we made Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. Ooh. It's so fun. All right. Comes um, out in October. Oh, see, I was ready to like, all right, here's my cash. Where's Well, my... I will take your pre-orders. <laughs> <laughs> great. That seems like a great mashup. It is a great. It's actually like oddly perfect. When mm-hmm. we started making it, we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, This yeah, totally goes together. I totally. think so. Yeah. You didn't it have to change happen. up too many of the rules. Like the rules pretty no. much all mapped to the same kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. We kept like the, the basic mechanic of betrayal. Like you're still finding items and events and omens. We didn't right. change any of that. Oh, good. But you're playing D and D characters, That's and your adventurers so and not explorers, and you're not exploring a house; you're exploring a city of Baldur's Gate, which oh. you actually get to like build every time you play. City, um, we have street tiles, building tiles, and catacombs. Wait a minute! It's not the canonical Baldur's Gate layout every time. <laughs> I'm. If you you can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you can put it down each time. They're like, this is the exact I, map I that we would use. put it down in the correct. I know. But no. No. Okay. We can we play fast and loose with that. That's all right. But there is some iconic Baldur's Gate locations. Yes. You know? Like the Elf Song Tavern, perhaps. Oh, yeah. Because all, right. all good adventures start in a, in a tavern, tavern. And I that's that where rule. you start. Is that where you start? That's where you start. Isn't there a uh, interesting piece of lore that Matt Cernet uh, made sure to insert into There's there? a couple, yes. Um, mm. our, our lore master. He, uh, did, he looked at all of the tiles and made sure that they accurately represented Baldur's oh. Gate. Like we had the, the Rose Portal. And he was like, this building is circular. It is not a square. Like, oh, well, he ew. knows these things. Yeah. Yep. So we had to go back to the drawing board and fix that. And when he saw the Elf Song Tavern, he was like, mm, that is not the Elf Song Tavern. <laughs> did you know there's a stuffed beholderkin behind the bar? And we were like, we did not know did that. Not, but but now we do. Put that right we there. We put it. And he said that it's illuminated by these floating drift globes that emanate of this blue, beautiful blue glow. And they're about the size of grapefruits. All right, so like beholder candelabra is what we're... Yeah, yeah. and they just kind of... How Chandelier. cool would that be? So we went back to the illustrator, Scott Ukamara, mm-hmm. and he uh, put the beholder mm. kin behind the bar and the drift globes, and Matt said, yes, now we are in the Elf Song Tavern. Awesome. Now it is legit. So it is it is glorified, you guys. That's awesome. Glorified and glorified. Glorified <laughs> and glorified. I like it. Mm-hmm. With the globes. Yeah. Right. Awesome. And it's right. really beautiful. All right, I'll yeah, be playing that this cool. fall. Yes, you will. Yes. Or sooner, because I have a copy. Yes. Oh, shh. Right. If you we were going here. to Origins, you could play with oh, me. Oh, man, I would play that at Origins. Mm-hmm. You're probably demoing it like I am. 24 hours a day. Probably going to end up. <laughs> Into the night. Really, like only <laughs> twice a day, but I have a feeling I'm going to be doing a little more. Yeah. Origins After Dark. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a great show, and you're lucky to go. I haven't been in a long time, like maybe since... I have uh, since 2000. It was in Philadelphia last time I went. It was a long time oh, ago. Wow. Really? Different city. Yeah. I've never actually been. 
It's crazy. What? We'll talk. Bucket list. Hello. I know. Right. I got a lot, of, a lot of those things. You I want to go to the UK to do their UK game, game expo. expo. That was just a week ago. Yeah, I know. I heard all about that. I'm like, oh, I want to go there next year. All right. No, next year after that. Nope. Next year after that. Uh-huh. Gamescom. I haven't been to Gamescom either. I want to do that. Uh, but speaking of all the lower uh, amazing tidbits that yeah. Matt can insert into uh, your game, he can also insert it into this very podcast. Where we, we will now the- have, uh, we recorded this earlier today, but yes, we will do talk about uh, dinosaur people on the next Lori Chano segment. So we'll throw it to that right in now with the bing bong. <laughs> Welcome to Lore You Should Know. Uh, I am Greg Tito, and I'm joined by these two uh, wonderful gentlemen. I have got Chris Perkins over Hello. here. Hello. And Matt Cernan. Hi. And today, we're going to talk about dinosaurs. Every, the favorite topic of eight-year-olds everywhere. Uh, and As pertains to D&D. As pertains to D&D. Oh, no, right. I thought we were yes. just going to talk about dinosaurs. No, we're going to talk about D&D dinosaurs, uh, mm-hmm. as well as the dinosaur people, dinosaur-like peoples, uh, saurials, and uh, terra folk. Yep. Uh, which feature uh, in our new storyline that's coming out in September, Tomb Absolutely. of Annihilation. Love them or hate them, dinosaurs have been part of the game since the very, very beginning. That's true. Well, I'm really close to the beginning. Well, Monster Manual, <laughs> Monster, yes, is where they showed up. That's they, pretty darn close. They, they didn't show up in the Chainmail box set or no. the first original box set. Right. We leave it to you to, to get these details for <laughs> yeah. us. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so what, were, what, was, what did it look like in the Monster Manual? Uh, for AD&D. Uh, there was a section in the AD&D Monster Manual called Dinosaurs, and grouped in there were a bunch of stats for a bunch of real-world reptiles um, from from various prehistoric ages. And uh, uh, they, they ranged from, like, the plant eaters that were huge mm-hmm. to the more yep. Tyrannosaurus Rex yep. meat eaters. Mm-hmm. And then later books in the uh, first edition, like the Monster Manual 2, included new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the Fiend Folio had a dinosaur section per se, but they did have some dinosaur-like monsters, like the Bone Snapper. Mm. Um, and then the Monster Manual 2 also had some dinosaur-like monsters, like the Mock Dweller. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we know if that was... Uh, you know, influenced by the, you know, all the, the academics that was happening about dinosaurs at the time. I'm pretty sure what happened was somebody, probably Gary, worked on D&D, had a bunch of little plastic dinosaur miniatures <laughs> and decided he wanted to use them in his game. And so he needed stats for them. That's, so many D&D monsters that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> came out of that. Yeah. Uh, so what was uh, on the table yeah, at the time. Exactly. And, all right, yeah. we need stats. Stat. Yeah, we don't have miniatures yet, but we do have little plastic dinosaur figures, so hell, hell yes. Nice. Yep. That's very cool. And they ended up in a bunch of adventures and products mm-hmm. and so on over time. I mean, they, they basically don't ever stop being in D&D. I mean, they're in, in a ton of different adventures from every edition. Um, f- uh, well, with the weird sort of exception of fourth edition where... We stopped calling them dinosaurs yes. for some reason. <laughs> yeah, we, well. just, we decided that uh, the worlds of D&D didn't have dinosaurs. They had behemoths. Oh, so that was just a word that we could so copyright I, in a way? or In a yeah. way, it was a kind of like a an ownership thing or a sort of a, a brand identity thing right. to, to say, you know, we don't just want to just imitate all the real-world Earth creatures. We want our dinosaurs to be something special um, and have special in-world names. Right, right. And you could also say, like, the, you know, the evolution of the Forgotten Realms or Greyhawk or whatever thing would be, why would dinosaurs exist? Yeah. Because of the history that's there. Yes. 
Well, yeah, I think some of the logic was, you know, why would you call, um, why would anyone in the world of Greyhawk Forgotten Realms, you know, call that a Tyrannosaurus Rex, right? Well, right. You know, and then it's like, well, why would they call that a unicorn, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's why would they call like, it a sword? <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's it, at a certain point that logic kind of fell apart, but um, they're but it, they're back again in fifth edition and uh, certainly back as in dinosaurs in and not behemoths. Yeah. yeah, there are behemoth dinosaurs. That makes sense. Uh, so yeah, right. You mentioned Chult specifically. So what uh, uh, what's what's going on with them there? Why are they are dinosaurs only in in Chult in the Forgotten Realms, or are they in other places no, too? No, they they're in other places as well. Okay. Um, they're uh, places that come to mind are Lizard Marsh, which is on the coast of the the Sword Coast, which is sort of sort of south of Waterdeep. Uh, there's some I think also north of Waterdeep, Mirror of Dead Men. And then there's the Thunder Beasts that are basically brontosauruses that are up um, in sort of the cold north. The Evermores um, area? North or, that, I, I, okay. Uh, the, whatever the forest is up there, I'm forgetting that. Uh, and then also on the other side of the entire continent, uh, there's um, Malta. Malta? Not Malta. It's the Maltese <laughs> Falcon? Oh, it's an RPGA um, campaign that was set in a jungle. And uh, and I want to say multiple, but that's not correct. Um, and that had a whole bunch of dinosaurs in it as well. But basically, any place that there were, you know, there was jungle, somebody decided there could be dinosaurs because people didn't know enough about the ecology of dinosaurs. <laughs> they like could also be in deserts and forests and, and you know, tundra <laughs> and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Di- jungle, dinosaur, got it. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All well, right, so they're all over the world. So pe- so, so people in Waterdeep or, or, or Baldur's Gate or just, you know, peasants uh, know what they are and might have even maybe. relatively maybe. experienced them. I mean, so it's one of those things. So, like, uh, if you look at the real world and something like elephants, um, you know, uh, Caesar, I think, took elephants to to England to mm. try and you know conquer the whatever the primitive Brits were there at that time, uh, and uh, they died. Um, <laughs> it didn't work out. But you know, the elephants died. Yeah, the, the elephants. Not died. the tails that he was trying to kill. Them. Yeah. Um, but you know, so so like people would see these things, but then they'd not see them again, and you know, for ages and ages and ages, and everybody would forget about them, and so on and so forth. So I think it's the same thing in the front realms, where you know, you know, somebody might hear about certain monsters because they're sort of uh, stories that you tell one another. Like we tell one another stories about dragons and unicorns and all this kind of thing. They tell yeah. even more about things like displacer beasts and mimics and all those kinds of things. I'm not sure dinosaurs reach that level of threat that you. would Write a whole lot of stories about, um, but then maybe they'd mention, oh, they have these this place in Chalt with the giant lizards. Oh, that's interesting. And then that's about all. And I guess the the real defining feature is that they're not dragons. They're giant lizards that don't breathe anything. Right. Uh, they're they're basically mundane. They don't. They're not magical creatures. Yeah. So in some ways, you know, people in the fantasy realm might be like, oh, they're they're fine. Not, yeah. You know, not yeah. so hard to yeah. deal with. Yeah. Just, yeah. They're unintelligent. You know, beasts mm-hmm. in a way. It's not like it's an owlbear. Come on. Yeah. Right. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> an owlbear. That's crazy. Uh, all right. So uh, back to Chult. So what does what's going on there with the dinosaurs? Why is there a concentration of them? There's there? a large concentration of them. Yeah. Uh, it it's like one of the most dinosaur heavy areas because it's mostly undeveloped, uh, un untamed frontier. And so, yeah, there's dinosaurs of every kind, all sizes, flying ones, big ones, little ones. 
and they've pretty much got free reign down there because there's no civilizations really encroaching upon their territory. Right. Uh, now they do it in, in Chult currently in 5th edition. Uh, there is a growing undead menace that's sort of spreading through the jungle like a plague, and that's mm. having an effect on the dinosaur population. Uh, they might, the dinosaurs might be gleefully feasting on zombies <laughs> and ghouls, or they might be killed themselves and animated by uh, ill magic and become undead dinosaurs. Mm. So when you go into Chult, there's a mixture of live dinosaurs, dead dinosaurs, and undead dinosaurs, all um, um, everywhere, you, everywhere you can think of to go. And we had mentioned in an earlier lore that Uptow, uh, one of the gods of, of Chult, uh, sometimes appears as a dinosaur, and the dinosaurs are known as Uptow's children. children. That's yes. correct, yes. yes. In, in some parts of the lore he's referenced as creating them, I'm not sure if that's true or not, because um, it's one of the things where I, I think uh, it's timey-wimey. I mean, the storylines are different depending upon which edition they're written in, yeah. who wrote them, and that kind of thing. But yeah, I'm happy to say that sort of there's allegories and other things and legends surrounding him creating them, but whether it's true or not is not terribly important. Interesting. You know, but you might see a mural on a wall where Uptow's sitting on a dinosaur egg, and you're going, hmm, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. I made him, see? There's a mural that's, that proves it. <laughs> I totally didn't make that mural, though. Somebody believed it, yeah. and so it must be true. That's exactly. <laughs> uh, so so uh, in Chultons, uh, are there uh, smaller dinosaurs, mm-hmm. or are they larger? ones or they they're all literally all sizes now some of them um, are of a size and temperament that they can theoretically be domesticated and trained put to task in a place like Port Nyanzaru the big city on the coast where a number of dinosaurs are used like to pull cargo out of water mm. and to uh, carry stuff around or drag heavy things and there's the the Port Nyanzaro custom of racing dinosaurs. Okay, thank you. I was going to, why isn't he talking about dinosaur races? races <laughs> yes. Like, come on. Uh, and so that's kind of a big deal down there uh, to the extent that it's a, it's a real, it's a real show. I mean, they paint up the dinosaurs, oh, racing okay. stripes on them, you know, brand marketing on the, you know, all about that. <laughs> and then There's they, ampersands all exactly. over the dinosaurs. Then they, then they race them through the streets and everybody has a good time. Uh, and occasionally somebody gets stepped on and then, you know, whatever. Nice. Um, but Do they follow it like, uh, like it's NASCAR? Is it like that level of like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's pretty rabid. It's pretty rabid uh, because they have to take their mind on the dangers that they face because right outside the walls of the city are terrors unimaginable. Oh, okay. And so they need these distractions to uh, keep them happy. And uh, so the dinosaur race is very popular, and you can become very popular and very rich if you're a particularly good dinosaur racer and you have a reliable dinosaur who's good on its feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Do, the, are there, are there uh, jockeys on the mm-hmm. dinosaurs? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, they're ridden okay. dinosaurs. So, uh, so a, a dinosaur well, and rider. So I feel like a dinosaur rider is like a, uh, would be like a, a celebrity in, in Port yes. Nanzara. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, if they're good. Nice. Yeah. That's a cool little character and, idea and, for your bard. And dinosaurs, the dinosaurs can have weird names. It's just like, you know, going to the Kentucky Derby. They all have their names and IDs, and people bet on them, and a lot of people lose money, and a lot of people don't. Nice. Yeah. Who, uh, and it's the, is it the merchant princes that run the dinosaur races? Uh, not directly. Merchant princes are more involved in the trade of the city. Uh, uh, the dinosaur races are sort of put on by the city at large. Um, and anybody who has a dinosaur who's, you know, the dinosaurs trained and not to the eating people uh, <laughs> can theoretically participate in this race. Nice. Uh, and you mentioned them as being like beasts of burden too. Like mm-hmm. that is, yes. are they are they are they well suited to that? Uh, they can be. Uh, sometimes it helps to be have an ankylosaurus uh, to carry around your stuff because it can carry a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's assuming that it's it was sort of raised and trained from birth. Now uh, there there is a merchant prince in the city. His name is Ifan Talroa, and he mono- he has monopolized the sale 
of dinosaurs. So if you oh. want to buy a dinosaur, you have to do it through him or one of his designated merchant subordinates. And does he breed them as well? Yes. Oh, okay. So if you're out in the jungles of Chult and you happen to find, say, an Allosaurus egg, mm. unguarded, because mommy's off somewhere or daddy got killed by ghouls, uh, you can take that egg back to Port Nianzaro and sell it to Merchant Prince Ifan Talroa for a generous price. Nice. Yeah. That's good to know. I'm betting if they find an egg, they aren't going to know what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> got an egg. <laughs> it's, got, it's got Ankylosaurus written on the... the, the Cut to scene perfect. of egg over campfire. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, no, we fried it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, here's a question from, uh, from chat. Are the velociraptors, uh, are they, uh, you know, Jurassic Park style uh, velociraptors? or They're more realistic velociraptors. Okay. Because the Jurassic, uh, if people didn't know, the, the ones in Jurassic Park are... Uh, are actually closer to, I don't know, Deinonychus or some mm -hmm. other thing or whatever, but it just didn't sound as cool as Velociraptor because Velociraptors were actually basically the size of a turkey. Uh, so uh, the ones in the, I think they're in the Monster Manual, aren't they? Velociraptors are in the Volos guy. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. Yes, they One are. One or the other. Yeah. Anyways, they're in fifth edition. Yes. And they're the turkey-sized ones. They're yes. the turkey ones. Yes. There is a dinosaur section in Volos Guide, now that I remember, and Velociraptors are in there. Got it. All right. So they're, they're the more realistic style, and then if you wanted the one that's bigger, it yeah. would have to be the Dinonychus is Dinonychus. probably the closest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And those exist in Chult yeah, as well? And yes. And are they are just as vicious? Are they just as... You know, oh, they're, they're pretty vicious. Hacks? Yeah. 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 Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, so we haven't mentioned really the, well, you know, I've, let me see if there's a couple questions on, on more dinosaur-y type things before I switch. Oh, my chat is not working. It's like making it go down. So the, the, one, of the, one of the new dinosaurs, quasi-dinosaurs, that's in Tomb of Annihilation is the undead Tyrannosaurus rex. Mm. And uh, we had, or the Tyrannosaurus rex zombie. And what we decided to do with him was to give him basically uh, a weird zombie drop ability. That is to say that uh, at, when you're fighting him, he's basically got a gullet full of zombies that he's swallowed, and he can <laughs> basically cause those things to spit up and attack you. Nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty nasty. Um, uh, this is a good question from chat. Do the dinosaurs have uh, feathers? Are they featherless, or are they uh, you know, only scales? Yes and no. Um, yeah, I think it depends, obviously, on, on type. Yeah. Um, mm. So, you know, I think the uh, things more like a uh, um, uh, Velociraptor and so on are more sort of bird-like and have more feathers and so on. versus like an Ankylosaurus. Yeah. I don't really imagine that having a whole lot of feathers. Right. There's so a, they're like proto-birds. Yeah, exactly. Um, in I think it's I think it's odd to see feathered ones. I think that's that's sort of extraordinary. Um, uh, now there is a dinosaur in Tomb of Annihilation that is a feathered dinosaur, and he's a special special bird. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so here's a here's another question from Chad, and it goes right into our, our the next phase of this this segment, which is: uh, Is there a uh, player race or, or a race uh, that's that's like the Dragonborn but more dinosaur-like? Well, there are a couple. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, Second edition and uh, the, the novel The Curse of the Azure Bonds gave us a character, Dragonbait. And Dragonbait is not a lizard man, as nope. was the, the case, in, or, or as he sort of appeared maybe sort of like a lizard man on the cover of the novel. It was very clear that he wasn't. And he, he was a very strange character who was this sort of otherworldly paladin uh, who communicated through scent. And instead of talking because he was mute, mm. 
And it turned out through that novel and uh, its subsequent sequels that uh, there's a race of these creatures, uh, and they're called Sorials, and they are from another world. And they have uh, their own little valley somewhere near Cormier, where most of them are at, I think. And I think there's four different types, like horn... There's the fin heads. Fin heads, horn heads. Mm. <laughs> you started listening. Spine back. So, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And, and they're different sizes. No, they're, like, they're, okay. They're, yeah. Is it like a caste system? Where the bigger they ones have are different roles, I think, mm-hmm. in society. So, okay. like, like the the triceratops ones, I think they're the biggest. They're sort of yep. almost ogre sized, um, and and then they have varying sort of sizes and stuff like that. And then the other one is that there are the terra folk in um, Chult. Well, uh, well, let's, let's talk about the serial over just for a second there. Now, they, they were mentioning this one character. Have, there, have we developed it more beyond that? Do we know what other world they came from? Was it when Abir and Toril were, uh, uh, or is this actually a realm space uh, 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 other world coming from other, other actual world worlds? It's really unclear what the world is that they come from. Um, mm-hmm. From from the the novels and the I mean, subsequent sort of role playing game products that mention them and that kind of thing, never really clarify where they come from or or anything like that. Okay, uh, they but have they have their own world though, their own deities, their uh, and that kind of thing. When they come to this world, they uh, they actually sort of adopt the deities of this world. So it seems like maybe somehow they got left their deities behind. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, they're and each one of the four types is like a dinosaur-ish. I mean, you said the mm-hmm. triceratops. Yeah, ones, they're so. humanoid dinosaurs with kind of like a particular dinosaur feel to them. Like there's the triceratops-looking ones, and then there's the ones who look like dragon bait who are got the the head crest. Oh, okay, right. Um, yeah, there's. Let's see, what is it? It's the fin heads, which is the um, which is what's, what dragon bait is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hornheads, which is the triceratops-looking ones, the flyers, and the bladebacks. I'm not quite sure what the bladebacks are. Oh, maybe like a, a, a stegosaurus. Stegosaurus might be with yeah. the with the big yeah. large plates in the back, and a big tail with spikes on it. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, so then so that there's like a little pocket of the sorials and and uh, what they are, and we can. Yeah, and you can say that there are pockets of sorials on any D and D world. Uh, they're they're eminently importable. Right. In that way. Um, and uh, uh, do they show up in, in Tomb of Annihilation at all? Uh, it's funny you should mention it. Uh, one Sorial shows up in Tomb of Annihilation. Mm, okay. In a in sort of a, a mysterious role. Interesting. All right. Cool. Let's yep. keep that. Up. We'll keep that a mystery for now. Dun, dun, but dun. Terra Folk. Yes. The other sort of dinosaur riff species uh, that is indigenous to Chult. Yes. Has been around since the Jungles of Chult source book. Correct. For first edition, um, and. They are, or they were originally shapeshifters oh. who could shift form between pterodactyl and humanoid. Humanish. Humanish. Yeah, yeah it, w- it was interesting because they, they were, they would basically shift from basically a, a terrafolk without any wings to a terrafolk with, with wings, wings that could fly to, a to just a pteranodon. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, and then. 
So it begs the question, why would they ever want to be in the non-flying form? <laughs> yeah, it was very – Yeah. <laughs> why, why, and then why, why – It's like a vampire-esque type thing yeah. too. Where it's like, like, why would you turn into like the small, smaller dinosaur just so you can look like another dinosaur? Right. A disguise? That's important. So you could blend with other pteranodons? Yeah. Go to pteranodon – Meetings? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you blend. You blend yeah. in pretty good, Bob. But I mean, we know like, you're really like, a terrifying. These are like nine feet tall, eight feet tall. Yeah, they're big. They're big. They're really, really big. Yeah, these and, aren't man-sized creatures. And they're yeah. and like they they basically are, are just these uh, rapacious scavengers and they, they come down and attack people and steal all their stuff and kill them and fly off and so on. Yeah. So, Interesting. So it, it never really made sense to for me that that they had the three different forms because I mean I guess maybe the wings would get in the way so you'd, I don't know I don't know why they is it is it a way and this is a question from chat like is it a way to get like were dinosaurs in there somehow no they they weren't were dinosaurs I mean there have been a lot of were everything in D and D yeah uh, but uh, I don't think we've ever had. I'm not going to say we haven't ever had wear dinosaurs because God <laughs> only someone knows. will find it. Some, uh, yeah, it's probably out there. I'll have someone to look. make it right now and put it Nothing on the Dungeon Master's mind. <laughs> but I don't remember wear dinosaurs. I remember yeah. wear snakes and wear dragons and all kinds yeah. of different wear, wear bats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but not wear dinosaurs. All right, so the Terra folk, as they are uh, in 5th edition and in Chalt, what, what are they like now? So they are still big and they are still scary. Um, they're eight, nine feet tall with a, like a 20 foot wingspan. They gather in small little gangs, uh-huh. usually in high places, and they descend upon you and either rip you to pieces or steal all your stuff and take off back to their roosts. Uh, the Chultons call them terror, T-E-R-R-O-R folk, okay. because of this swoop in, attack you out of nowhere, tear you up, and then fly off. Uh, they're, they're sort of like aerial boogeymen. Yeah, oh. uh, to the Chaltons. Right. Don't don't go out alone at night no, or the terror, the terror folk, will folk will get you. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, that they're just one of the many, many, many things in Chult that can kill you out there when you're wandering around. So that's why people stay in Port yeah. Nanzaro and places right. like that. Got it. Now, do they uh, have specific areas that they roam? Like, is it just wherever it's near to home that they will attack you? They can, they can they basically, they find roosts on any high area where they can get some vantage point and some line of sight, um, mountains or mesas and plateaus and things like that. Right. Uh, in Tomb of Annihilation, there's a gang of them atop this rocky spire called Firefinger. Mm. Um, called that because there's a huge gout of flame that erupts from the top, almost like a beacon. Oh. Uh, and they've sort of made that, hollowed it out with some caves and made that into their lair. And it gives them this sort of unparalleled view of the surrounding rivers and things like that and they can basically strike down from there and then fly back and your chances of getting up to them without some means of spider climbing or flying are pretty remote. Got it. Are they uh, um, intelligent? They are moderately intelligent. So like um, goblins level of intelligence? They're, I think they're just at or below the sort of bottom end of human intelligence. I see. Yeah, I mean, they're not a race of tool makers no. or anything like no. that. They don't no. build anything. They no. they just sort of steal stuff and, and feed and kill. Yep. Is there any way to to make allies of them or? Not really. No. Um, they're they're pretty xenophobic and hateful mm-hmm. creatures and distrustful of anything other than them. So, chances are, if you encounter them, you're either gonna have to beat them back or just kill them outright. Do they have a, uh, a rivalry with Aarakocra or vice versa? Yes, they don't like Aarakocra, at least not in the, the, the Tomb of Annihilation adventure. Those two races are at odds. I see. So you might at least get on one of the good sides if you uh, mm-hmm. deal with one or the other. Yes. And there's, uh, they also uh, 
prey or annoy other creatures as well. There's a there's a figure who lives in this ghost village of Mambala, mm. and if you meet her, she's got a terrafolk problem, and she'll help you if you help her solve her terrafolk problem. <laughs> I hate it when they have terrafolk problems. Yeah, it's like, a real it's a real problem. Um, so here's a question: If how many, if any, of the these would be uh, suitable for player races? Uh, the ones we've discussed, both the Surreal and the Terra Folk. I don't think that Terra Folk is a great candidate just because they're so huge and cumbersome to, to use in your typical sort of D&D dungeon setting. Um, but I think any of the... You wake up one morning, it's like, what happened to our halfling rogue? <laughs> the Terra Folk's like, oh. I don't know, I just, it was really tasty. <laughs> yeah. But I think any of the Surreals, theoretically, I mean, yeah. they, have, they have been in the past. There yes. was uh, the complete book of humanoids, I think, that statted up them all for that in second edition. Yeah, there and was a Dragon Magazine article that, that also talked about Surreals in great detail and the idea being that you could play one. Yeah, and I think in third edition they, we did that again at some point, but I don't remember which product it we was. We have in. not yet provided a fifth edition playable mm. Surreal race. Oh, and the... I should mention, uh, apparently, the sent communication of uh, Dragon Bait is um, not necessarily abnormal, but uh, distinctive because the other Sorials can talk. Oh, so. okay. So he just happened to be mute <laughs> and adapted to yeah. use his scent as a, yeah. as, a, as a means of communication. Okay. Well, well, lavender, sense. baked bread, honeysuckle, honeysuckle, I think. These were all different scents that he could yeah. consume ham. that would yeah. then ham. mean different ham. things. Ham. Yes. ham was anger, I think, or was I ham think, fear? Oh, I don't remember. It's either fear <laughs> or anger. That's a neat idea, Ham though. leads to the dark side. Yeah. I like that with the, you know, like the kukuri, you know, we have to, you know, you have to come up with new ways to role play them and uh, playing as a mute uh, dinosaur <laughs> yeah. person that's... sitting across the table, ham, ham, ham. Is it cloved ham? Is it black forest ham? Different shades of anger. Different shades of anger or nice. fear. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys. That was a good uh, deep dive on that. Well, there's, uh, I'm sure we'll get more. Uh, there was dragon turtles we have to talk about. We might do that on, a, on a, an upcoming lore segment as well. Uh, but thank you, and uh, we'll get to more this summer. Wasn't that a great lore segment that you just listened it to? It was amazing. Dinosaur people, right? I know. Right? I didn't know any of them. Sorials and uh, uh, okay, terra folk. Yeah, well. Yeah? Did you, did you work on any of those? No. No? Sadly. Dang it. But Couldn't do that. Yeah, it is good stuff. Yeah. Were you excited to hear about the dinosaur people? Yeah, well, mostly because I follow the, the D&D antics of um, Sue the T-Rex. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. right? I know. How perfect is how that? How perfect is that? She's a dinosaur. She's we a did it for her. fossil at the Field Museum in Chicago, and she plays D&D. Yep. And she's on Twitter, and she's like my favorite dinosaur on Twitter. So <laughs> How many other dinosaurs? Which says there's Barney. a lot. Cause there's Barney. There's, the, there's uh, Barney, and then there's the Velociraptor guys from Jurassic Park. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. yeah. They're like all the little eggs. Yeah. Oh, wait. All the eggs in Twitter are dinosaur eggs, clearly. Uh, this makes clearly, sense. Clearly, yeah. The, the Sorial takeover is complete. Yeah. yeah I okay. liked the T-Rex because uh, I didn't realize this until I went back into the thread a while, but then all the institutions in Chicago were all like complaining <laughs> about not being invited to her D&D &D game. So, like, the art museum was like, Stop what do I get involved in all this stuff? And I was Are like, oh, it's like a huge crossover between D&D players They're and so the museum curatorship staff, right? Yeah, or the social media staff. Probably the social <laughs> media staff who are more social role-playing <laughs> Well, it was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Whoever did it, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it, too. 
So if you guys yeah. don't know what we're talking about, you should go check out Sue the T Rex Twitter handle. Probably if you just search for that, it'll come oh, yeah. up. Yeah, it'll come up. Yeah, he's got I don't know a hundred thousand followers at this point. So yeah, it not is, bad for it's a good dinosaur. Stuff. Yep. We should put her in Tomb of Annihilation just to make sure that she, she should she have like a, some kind of yeah. She looks undead, nod. right? I mean, right, it's all bony. Exactly, she's got that like zombie dinosaur thing happening already. I love it. We'll talk to Perkins. We'll get it. All in right, there. make it happen. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Wolfgang, yeah, friend people, of the show. yes, friend of the show. Thank yeah, you so I much for that. coming to be here for this uh, 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 in-person interview. Always honored to be here. Thank you for inviting. And you're sick. And I have. So much menthol, you can just about right. see it. You know what's through cool the... about this being live? <laughs> People are actually going to see the exact moment you and I got a cold. <laughs> it's happening right now. Uh, uh, the help. viral contagion yep. is just my gift to you. Thank you. I oh. thought it was the smell of vision of the menthol that, that people would be able to scratch their, their like computer monitors and smell. Menthol's all that's holding me together. Menthol cigarettes. <laughs> I the love first cigarettes I smoked were menthol. Oh, they're too. disgusting. They were disgusting. Oh. I didn't know any better. You, you, well, the best part about them is you didn't have to brush your teeth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Smell in the morning, you could just smoke minty. a menthol, and you're like, oh, I got minty fresh <laughs> breath all morning. day. Yeah. Save me two Horrible. minutes right there. <laughs> <laughs> Time saving. That's what I'm they were. Much Time too busy. saving. Yeah. Healthier. No. Time saving is that you won't have any time left at the end, so mm-hmm. you're like getting it all, you know, in while you can. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No one wants those time. I'm no. glad I quit. Yeah, me too. Me too. How long? Are you, are all, all three of us smokers? are former smokers. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Um, How did you quit? Smoke if you got them. Oh, I quit. My quit story is super easy, right? I I smoked uh, unfiltered stuff for a while, oh. and then uh, I started smoking cloves in graduate school. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And those were awesome, right? They were just so sweet. Jarum? Did you do the jarums? Yeah, yeah. those Indonesian things. Those yeah. were great. And then one day I spit blood, and I said. <laughs> I'm done with this now. Okay. And the cloves are really rough on your throat. They burn a little hotter, right? Yeah. And that had ripped up something. <laughs> I'm oh. just like, oh. uh, cold turkey. Really? Compl- that was it? That was it. I did not smoke uh, with two exceptions at Gen Con parties since. Yeah, that's about it. That's crazy. Yeah. How I about smoked, you? I smoked cloves uh, uh, when I could get them because they were always hard to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they came out with Jarm Lights. Oh. Uh, which were the same taste, same kind of feel, but they just didn't feel as harsh. Okay. Oh, I did see, that for like a whole summer. In Ithaca, yeah. actually, in Ithaca, New York. I no. smoked a whole summer always an Ithaca. doing uh, club yeah, cigarettes, it's always an Ithaca uh, the light ones. When you were doing some theater? Yeah, I was like 19, you know, living by myself in Ithaca, New York, smoking. and it was No one could stop you. No one could stop me. Wait, exactly. So like what year was this? This was uh, 1997. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it was long gone. <laughs> we were there at the same time. I That's can't what I thought. That so we crazy. could have been there at the same time. I didn't totally. realize that you were such a juvenile. I know. I'm so. I'm so, so young. Youthful. Youthful. Sprightly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then I smoked for years after that, and it wasn't until I, I had a friend who I would. I I didn't stop buying them, but I would mm. still bum from people. And mm-hmm. I had a friend who. Uh, didn't want to litter. So it came from a good place. He didn't want to litter. But he would smoke a cigarette, and if he didn't have a place to throw it away, he would put the butt back into the pack. Oh. And light them all on fire? No, it would just be, we put it out, and then he would put the, he didn't want to throw the butt onto the street. Oh. okay. But what happened was that kind of like grossified the cigarettes oh, yeah. in there. Yeah. And so when I would bum them from him, I've been smoking for years, and I got nauseous. Mm-hmm. And I still did it for like six months after that until my body nauseous, was like but not that nauseous. Yeah, it was enough. It was like thirty minutes of like nausea, and then eventually my body was like, "Nope, you don't have any cravings anymore. Like really? it's all gone." And then to this day, I'll I'll sniff it going down the street or it something like that, and I'm like, you. "Oh god." Sometimes I smell. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Cloves, yeah. cloves, I still feel like that sometimes because yeah. that's nostalgia a bit. Yeah. Um, but it took that long for it to be like finally sink in for my body to be like, no, you actually, this is a poison. Right. We've been trying to tell you for six months. Yeah, exactly. You're nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. Listen. Finally Listen learned. To your body. Yeah. I was hypnotized. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. And really? it worked? Totally. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like Adam, like Adam Sandler style? I sort of assumed the hypnosis thing is. was totally a scam. That they, it might be. But, but it, it would be, yeah. Like it really could have done nothing, but but it did something. I I was so lucid through the whole process. Have you ever been hypnotized? No. Have you ever been? No. Yeah. I'm too much of a skeptic. I, think. I didn't know what it would be like, but I just thought like I thought I wouldn't remember things, and I was just like, oh, I'm I can hear everything, I can feel how uncomfortable this couch is. Like obviously nothing is happening. Like I'm not under because I can hear him. And then I remember when he like snapped us out of it. There was two other people with us. Mm-hmm. I was like slouched on the couch like this. <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh I must have really did get relaxed in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's and then cool. I just never smoked again. Wow. You dead. never had the desire ever no. again? And I, my brother was like, you need to go out tonight. We need to go to a bar. You need to drink a lot and like be around the smoke just to make sure like you can't delay that part. So he did. I went out and like drank and like, oh, I'm going to want a cigarette. Nope. Cool. That's amazing. I've never even heard of it ever happening that successfully before. Yeah. That's great. That's how my brother quit, too. That was his Christmas gift for me. I was going to say, I thought that was like a a dick move for the brother to be like, you have to go and get like tempted right away. No, no. He was like really just like, get get her over with because you don't want to like be afraid to be around. If it didn't work, you'd want to go get your money back. Yeah, I guess exactly. There's a 24 hour period. Right outside of his (laughs) office, there was this like a tall ashtray can and it was like filled with butts because people are just like smoking up until like the last second of going in there. And <laughs> gotta I, get your last licks in. I gotta get, uh. And I remember I had a really bad cold right mm-hmm. before and I was like, ah, like my last few days of smoking, I knew when my appointment was. I'm like, I can't even enjoy it. But, it, oh, I remember like shivering outside with my sore throat and my cough. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm gonna keep smoking. I'm gonna smoke through it. I only have... 32 hours left of being a smoker. Oh my God, you have a terrifying old smoker voice. That's that's pretty good. That was good, that wasn't was pretty it? good. That should, you should put that in your repertoire for, uh, for characters. To. My bitch. <laughs> Bert, Bert is basically a smoker. smoker. <laughs> that makes sense. Anyway. Maybe. Good segue, though. That was, like, yeah. Hey, <laughs> okay. so smokers. Nice. Yeah, smokers yeah. unite. So we have to put together a like uh, ex-smokers uh, uh, game of D&D, yeah. for sure. Okay. Or betrayal at Baldur's. Yeah. All that, yeah. And we'll just be out on the on the street smoking the whole time, not exploring mm-hmm. anything. That's true. You could just stand outside of the Rose Portal. That's true. And admire its curves. <laughs> like, whoa, it's, it is a it's circular building. Circular building. That's so cool. Nice. Now we know. So you, uh, uh, for people who don't know and don't know about you being a friend of the show, uh, mm. what, what you you run a uh, a little uh, jaunty business, a, a <laughs> modest, a modest, small but fierce publishing business, Cobalt Press. Yeah, we are third party publishers for D and D. Yes, um, with a number of titles under our belt. If you go back and you look at your copy of Horde of the Dragon Queen, you'll see the Cobalt Press logo in yes, there. Yes, you will. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Same with Rise of Tiamat. And then there's this other book that did well for us called Tome of Beasts. Dun, 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 Wait, dun, dun. I remember when we were talking about exactly. that. Exactly. It was hard to keep in print because it's a big book of monsters. And I have good news. that <gasps> Some of the books I was trucking around today are yeah. the reprints. So it's back in print. Hey! Oh, nice. I know. You reprinted it. Is we this had the, to. How many? 
This really? is the second, second reprint, reprint, so the third printing overall. Yeah. Are you it's serious? It's a big deal That's for amazing. a small company like Cobalt Press. Like, I can name on two fingers the number of books we've reprinted that often, right? It just doesn't happen. That's amazing. So it's a big hit. Come on, big book of monsters. And then you got what to you hand figure? deliver them. Uh, sort of, yeah. <laughs> Each one. Each one. Well, to were, every customer. Yeah, you never really realize how big uh, a print run is until it shows up in pallets wrapped yeah. in shrink wrap with, like, you know, a bill of lading that says, this is three tons of books. What would you like us to do with them? Oh, yeah. that's really cool. <laughs> Put them on the truck and <laughs> ship them well, out. Why were you hand, what, what were you doing? Well. I feel like you should have people for that. I do, but there's, I have two warehouses. This is my problem. Uh-huh. I have the warehouse where people actually ship stuff. Yeah. And I have the warehouse where I store everything because the shipping warehouse is small. Mm. Oh, so it doesn't sound like you're going to need to store these for long. Uh, probably not. And, and also today I had another book. So it's not just the old book. I, the Cobalt Press just released oh. Demon Cults and Secret Societies for 5th edition. Ooh, Which is all bad guys, just like you would expect. 13 cults of evil, vile badness. Uh, <laughs> and I 13 mean, is a good number for that. Yeah. 13 is a perfect number for that. Um, it's like the guys who follow the Emerald Order of Thoth and are all mystical and ancient Egypt and, you know, magic. We know what how the way should be. We have um, the black god Chernobog from Russian mythos. He's got Ooh. a great cult. He wants to put out the sun, basically. <laughs> He's got a great cult. He's got a great cult. <laughs> and the nice thing about each of these is they've got leaders and plans and adventure hooks and plots. And it's like, okay, here's the big guy. We've statted him out for you. Here's the next tier down, right? Like, the sub-lieutenants. The yeah. sub-lieutenant. We got the whole, like, Amway pyramid of evil. <laughs> but do you have a toaster? Oh, we have new magic items in there. <laughs> that counts. Yep. Yeah, so, and there is a group called the Burning Rune. They'll toast you. Oh, They're, they're nice. Yes. They're toasting. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just out. It's... You kickstarted this, right? It was a Kickstarter. And then so now the printing just it just happened. It just happened. The truck well, pulled people up. People are going to be real excited. People are going to be excited. I'm actually like, this week is the week of, hey, let's do the fulfillment. Let's take a thousand boxes and send a thousand books to the thousand backers, right? That's cool. So yeah, that that is the back office work that I'm really excited to see it happen because it means we're done. Right. <laughs> Right. I mean, this is the reality of, of, of uh, RPG publishing people. It's right. like, wait, it's done. We don't have to do it's it It's done. Whereas, like, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, like, trucks never show up at the wizard's offices and back up and say, here, these are the pallets. Take them to your shipping room. Ship them, right? No, we like have like swag. You hand oh, off, yeah, my swag comes in. Your swag it. comes that way. Yeah. But, like, you hand stuff off to a printer and then magic happens. Which is so cool. Yeah. But for the small press, there's no magic. There's, like, guys like me with trucks. I did I did wow. some small press uh, uh, stuff back in North Carolina, and it was exactly that. It was like I had to deal with the truck that was not – because it was a big-ass truck. <laughs> right. And they, my, our pallets were big, mm-hmm. but they were not only a very small portion of what the truck was carrying. Oh, yeah. And so we had to, like, figure out where – I'm like, this is not an office that was made for – Dumping off this kind of stuff. Right. Did you have a forklift? No, you did not. No, we did not have a forklift. Oh, my right. God. We needed to get someone who had a forklift right. to get it <laughs> delivered to us. And then we're like, great, we got pallets. Now what do we do? So then you got to ship it out and fulfill it. I right. Know. It's not easy. So it's it's a blast because it's like it's real now. I can touch it. The PDF shipped to backers like two weeks ago. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't count. I mean, you they're all excited. The they're reading it. They're yeah. like, this is great. This is playable. I'm going to use this. But... Uh, like, all right, when the book's shipped, then we're done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it'll be out on the Cobalt store. It'll be out on Drive Through, uh, all those kinds of uh, local game stores and Amazon. So sweet. Yeah, yeah. Getting it out on uh, uh, all those things is, is interesting, so that people can like, oh, we, uh, figure out whichever works best for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And local game stores cover it here. Are they? Are they? Are you shipping to other distribution I, I areas? Sh- you know, I could probably talk to some of the high flying game stores around here, like you know, Mox Boarding House yeah. or Uncle's Games or one they of them. They would love you. Well, would. yeah, but I'm not a just. Dis- I have Especially enough being shipping local. to do. Well, you can drive to them. Yeah, I guess it doesn't make <laughs> you any sense. You can people drive to. Them. I can hand people. it off to a yeah. distributor and have them do all that. Yeah, because there's like not just the 20 game stores in the Seattle area. There's like the 2,000. I don't know. There's a lot. There's hundreds, others. thousands of there's game stores. Others. Yes, all over the country. And the world. And the world. Yes. Yes. But Kickstarter is different in that way where, like, you almost don't have to think that way anymore because you're like, all yeah. right, it's bought and paid for, and I'm going to ship it to the people who bought and paid for it. And then the other stuff is, like, gravy. Right. Way, right. Well, that's true. And, I mean, I love the backers because they make the whole thing possible, and it's a better book, and it's a more colorful book, and it's a more play-tested book because of the backers. Yes. But, um but at some point, I wanted in the local hobby shops too, right? Because not yeah. everybody does Kickstarter, right? Um, and not everybody's online. Uh, you know, well, I mean, pretty much everybody. Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> but like, you know, we always—I mean, we had our big Stream of Annihilation event, and you think like, oh, most of everyone's heard about, about it. it, right? And I, I met someone at a party, and I was like, oh, did you guys see that? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess it doesn't. It's not as pervasive as in our bubble we think it is. Right. right. Well, if you're you not know? following D and D, exactly. Twitter, right. And we Facebook. try to get it out into different channels, but it I must have, be the same for you guys. Where it's yeah. like, I feel like everybody knows what we're doing, but not but not necessarily. And yeah. I mean, I've got some pretty geeky neighbors in the greater Seattle area. Like, I don't know, uh, an animator who works at Bungie, right? Yeah. Geeky guy. He's got an office campaign of D and D. Right. They kicked it off. After having not played for years, they all came back to the game nice. and said, hey, we're going to kick it off with, I forget what he started with, Horde of the Dragon Queen or Prince <gasps> of the Apocalypse, I'm not sure. Anyway, and he was like, yeah, we're having a great time, this, that, and the other thing. And I'm like, great. Well, are you interested in any of the other new stuff that's happening, right? Like, I'm doing this big book of monsters. And he's like, yeah, maybe. I'm not the DM. I don't care. Right? <laughs> so he was polite about it, but he was like, I just like to play. And that's fine, right? Yeah. Um, the hardcore people are going to show up and say, I want a Volo's Guide and I want everything. Yeah. Um, but if you're just playing with your friends every week, it's like I remembered my character sh- sheet and yeah. my dice. Give me credit, cool. right? Right. That's, and, and I brought snacks for the DM. And like, what snacks. else do you want from me? <laughs> right. Exactly. So uh, people are invested at different levels. And I guess Cobalt Press is always aiming at the hardcore because we're small and trying mm-hmm. to pick up people who are like, at be, they already own everything that Wizards does. <laughs> and it's like, well, what else is there? Well, well, there's a lot of other stuff. Let us tell you. Yeah. There's a big book of monsters. Yeah. Say, do you like cultists? Yeah, everyone <laughs> does. Yeah. I got a great cult. A great, great cult. How about a secret be... society? It's a little more entry level, but... Yeah, and you'd fit right in. They're crazy just you like know. you. I mean, in a good way. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... Uh, that's a blast. We're going to do another Kickstarter later this year. Ooh, any just, hints on that one? Um, well, I mean, the obvious hint is, oh, my God, we just did a, a third printing of this one book. What if oh. we did another book like that? Toma Beast oh. 2? Yeah, I think we should. T-O-O, please, with an exclamation point at the end. <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> In that, like, font of, like, yeah. I had a meeting with some of the freelancers and the art director and people, and, like, what do we call it? I'm like, well... There's More. an obvious name, right? 
And, and I said, you mean Bride of Tome of Beasts? And I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd buy that. Return yep. of t- no. no further beastishness? No. <laughs> I don't know. So we, uh, we're, we're already working on it. We've nice. got some monsters lined up, and we're going to do the same thing we did last time, which is ask backers to contribute some of the monsters. I was going to ask. Cause you guys, I remember you telling us stories about making oh, yeah. this book, and there were some really... Yeah, those were some time. of the yeah. It's like well, we got a few hundred monsters from backers, and having and people we had create to, their own. How right, fun is pick that? The best ones. It was a blast, and we sort of sent them the illustrations early when we could. Like, here's how your monster's going to look in the book. Oh, seriously? Because otherwise, they're waiting months, right? So I think the art director got out a few of those images to to backers. How exciting! Yeah, and so we're going to try something along those lines. Now, of course, the bar has been raised by Volos, right? So we're like, oh, man, it's getting better. Got to bring the fire now. We got to bring the fire. We got to be small but fierce. So we're going to do it. Um, We have a good subtitle here in in chat, which is Tome of Beast 2, Electric Beastaloo. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yes. All right, I'm taking that straight to the art director. I'm saying, all right, here's the text. Please give me a title treatment. (laughs) That's good. <laughs> give me your best logos. Yeah, give me that. Yeah. That's, that's what I want. <laughs> so how many more beasts are we talking here? Well, last time we did 400, and that seemed like too many. Yeah, to did me. you have any on the cutting room floor that you can? We did, and we're not picking up those because they, they were cut for They were cut reasons. for a reason, right? It's like, this is a lame dinosaur. This is a, you know, sort of a skeleton. When I, and it's not that great. Oh, it could be like Tomb of Beasts, Misfit Island. <laughs> You know, we'll probably, Island. <laughs> probably do that next April or something. Yes. Because oh, there's, like there's always stuff that gets cut in every product, right? It's like, nah, there wasn't room. It wasn't that good. The developer hated it. Whatever. Right. It happens. How about, oh, it's okay. Oh, How about Beast in Paradise? Beast in Paradise. <laughs> yeah, bigger section on angels. I can see yeah, that. Exactly, yeah, exactly, right? It's just full an- angelic. Some sort yeah, of the best monsters ever. It's like, oh, yeah. A hamburger monster, hamburger in paradise. <laughs> cheeseburger, that yeah. would be the level up. Yeah, you'd have to go with a cheeseburger. Right. What? No, you want to build, right? Tier two, tier yeah. four. Tier what about sliders? Think of the vegans. Sliders and <laughs> The lactose intolerant. Ooh. Think of the, our... our, our Few are proud. <laughs> <laughs> they need the hamburger. They, they need do. it too. So we're going to try for that this fall. I love we'll it. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. I like it. I think people are going to like People seem to like the monsters. Hmm. Funny that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> More stuff you put in that DMs can use. I mean, that's why I like the, the cult one too. I mean, right. that, that's. It's just like. You can drop it in a Cult anywhere. in a can, just add water. Cult you know. in a can. Really, they that's are. That's a good title too. I know. See, that's our sequel for that one. <laughs> yep. I, they're meant to be playable out of the box, and some of them have Midgard connections because that's the Cobalt Press campaign setting, but a lot of them <laughs> just kind of fit in anywhere. I'm sorry. I'm actually laughing. You got it's something wow, in chat you... that I cannot repeat. I shall not repeat it, oh, but it's on. quite funny. It's about, me. it's about you. It's about Shelley. No, it's not. <sighs> you just, I just, You'll I tell us later. I just, it made me laugh. Oh. It's, it's good. It's a good one. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. People are witty in chat. They are. They are. They're very, and this is a new thing for us. What do you think about uh, uh, doing a podcast? In front of people now. I don't know about this. Me neither. <laughs> you know what? Me either. You're like, I'm pulling it back. I, I, you know. People? People. I love them, but I don't want to be visible. I wish well, greater invisibility for my podcast. I just, I don't know. I'm not used to it. It's a new thing, right? You said you were ready for your close-up. I was. And then I said, oh, my God, am I? (laughs) I don't know. Do you listen or watch yourself in interviews or listen to podcasts? I do sometimes, but I used to. Like, the first few times it happened, I listened. How do I sound? And then 
at some point I'm like, no, I was there. I said those words. I don't need to hear yeah. myself. I'm not so into me that I need to. Yeah. But I think I'm going to be curious about this because I don't know what I look like on camera. Like, Well, your hair looks great. Thank you. Love it. We're all about complimenting on here on the, on we're, the we're all about talk. elevating. It's true. Elevating. We're trying letting really hard. We're discourse. trying a new thing. Yeah, so that we're not putting each other down. <laughs> <laughs> like our instincts, I think, go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to actually be nice to each other. Is this a new thing? Yeah. It's, I, I was hypnotized. <laughs> 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 and now it's working. It's totally working. Every, Every time you so want nice. to insult me, you will eat baby carrots instead. <laughs> He he's, did. He's lost he ten pounds. I know. Because I, I did tell the hypnotist that like I don't want to start eating instead of smoking, and he was like, "Oh, you're every time you crave a cigarette, you will eat baby carrots." I oh, did it work? I eat them every day. Mm-hmm. I always have them in my lunch. You it do. might just be a coincidence. There's a lot of crunching happening over there while you're crunching on. You can hear my crunches. Game rules. Rude. You're crunching on the game rules. Crunchy. Yeah. I'm super crunchy. So, so, other than the, all those things that you got coming out, uh, other than that, other than that, and the forty tables at Origins, where yeah. Cold Press is running. Yeah. So, what's D&D. going on there? Tell us about. That's Origins. Ben McFarland's doing. He's the convention coordinator and a brilliant designer. Do you want me to go check on him, like undercover boss? Yeah. All right. No, he's doing fine. Undercover I said, shopper. I said, Ben, why aren't we at Origins? We should run some events. And he's like, I'm on it. I'm like, what? Oh, great. Yes, do that. And next thing, we put out a call for Game Masters and said, who's going to run games? And we wrote some new scenarios. I think we got Mike Shea to write one and some other people. Oh, nice. So, yeah. The cartographer? No. Oh, Sly Flourish. Mike Schley is the... I was thinking, yes. See, you can, it's so yeah, easy you got, to I have known by one their, letter. their Twitter handles. I don't I know. know like, real names. Um, so, you know, we said, let's try it. And then I said, but I want to be there. And I couldn't make the schedule work, so I'm not actually at the show. Mm. But Cobalt Press is still represented in a way because we're we're running something. And speaking of Ben, he also wrote the fifth edition version uh, or the original version of the Streets of Zobac book we did for 5e. Oh, no way. Yeah. So that's City Adventures. Oh, my God. I've got so much going on. And did I tell you about the Roll20 stuff we're doing? No. What are you doing with Roll20? Ah, see. We just had Suzanne in here. I saw Suzanne as she was leaving, and she just kind of gave me a look like, we broke her. We just really... Yeah, we grilled she, her. She, she we grilled weeping. her under the hot lights. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell us about uh, like, anything. Roll20 is amazing. They're doing great stuff. And uh, I wanted Cobalt Press to be in there. So we did a couple of uh, scenarios with like animated tokens, like dragon fire tokens, trap tokens, things that the actually... Animated tokens. Oh, yeah. Because you're, if you're paying extra for a scenario, right... Um, you gotta get some animation. You wanna get in something yeah, cool, cool in there. So the tokens have full stats, and there's notes to the GM, and the whole thing is basically here's your roll twenty gameplay experience for D and D on this Cobalt Press ex- uh, scenario with a bunch of new monsters that are fully statted. So those are nice. I think we call them double dungeons. We've done one of those. We've done a cat and mouse one. They're all adventures so mm. far. The monster book was coming later. Nice. Really? Oh, some two really? Some Into oh, uh, that'll be available. Uh, geez, I'm just spilling the beans here, aren't is I? That, is that okay? Yeah. You don't have no, to. No, that's fine. That's oh, okay. fine. I, well, I mean, we can't I had edit talked it, to so. Susanna. Yeah, it's live. It's too late. It's out there. It's out there. You tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I, I, mean, I was a fan. I'm interested. No oh, this is totally fine. I, we've been talking about it for a long time, um, Suzanne and I and the Roll20 people, and I'm like, we should make this happen. And so... 
I don't know when, but at least it's sort of it's on the schedule as, okay, we're going to do this. This is going to happen. Nice. Um, I would say by the end of the year, but Suzanne would kill me for putting a date on that. So. And she said she lurks in our offices without us knowing. So yeah. he might, she's actually she probably might crawling she's right now. She's awesome. She knows everything. She does. I don't know how that happens. And the, the Roll20 stuff is growing and growing and growing. Yeah. Um, so Have you played any uh, games online? I have, although that was Fantasy Grounds. Yeah. So, which was also... Fantastic. The whole virtual tabletop idea is expanding and growing and going crazy. I know. Um, I know that a lot, almost like Yawning Portal shipped with some support from Roll20. Yeah, from both of them. Or I think. both. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wait a minute, day and date, you're dropping all the digital assets too? How awesome is that? Um, it is pretty cool. Yeah. It is. For the people who don't want to do it twice, they can be right. like, oh, I can just, now I can actually choose, pick and choose which yep. one they want. Which one do I want? And some people would prefer, like, I just want the book. Um, and some people want the PDF. And some people now, I mean, it's a legit format, right? They pick it up. From, yeah, especially from if you're going to play in it, you know, might as well yeah. use it with the convenience of having all those markers and all those from things From day ready to one. Go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my art director is not thrilled that we are, like, doing... <laughs> So many more tokens. I mean, it's like expanding the art budget. You got to do cool new things with maps, grids, and grid lists. I'm learning. Yeah. I'm learning how this world. works. There's a lot. Like yeah. all 400 monsters would be available? Yes. All 400? Yes. 401. There's going to be one special one. I'm, gonna I'm making We're going to put there. a special bonus monster bonus. not available in the print yeah, edition. Yep, it's right. only available. Oh, man, I hate it when people do that. It's going to be a Shelly Mazzanoble monster. <laughs> I was going to say uh, like a monster. Tetosaurus or something. <laughs> mm. <laughs> now there's going to be two because we're going to design each other's <laughs> a Shelly Mazzanoblesaurus. Or, 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 or litter meat tabaxis. That's true. We could do that. Oh, man. Now everybody's going to want a custom monster. Yeah, well, back the next All they have to do is get a backer tier. That's pretty much it. Nice. All right. Ready for that? I'll give you five hundred bucks, or whatever it is, to do. Yeah, that. What, what does it take? <laughs> what does it take? How about less? How about that. two d twenties <laughs> and a mug? You're on. <laughs> well, I mean, last time it was anybody who backed it had the chance that you just had to actually write a monster. So, oh, do you okay. have to stat it out or just write? Oh yeah, the monster? no. Oh, well, yeah. we asked oh. people to stat it. Some people didn't send us stats, and we're like, oh. do they get? If they don't send us well, unless it was completely awesome, we yeah, we pretty much cut off. I don't like four hundred monsters were in the first. Yes, and we're then there's just less. like how many monsters came before that? So like, come on, like what do you got to do to get a, a new, unique, creative monster? I don't know, man. Be creative, this is Wizards of the Coast. You're, you're surrounded. You're bathing in unique and creative. It's true. It's pretty much. I often that's all I bathe in. Um, yeah, which <laughs> that's why his skin looks so soft. HR has told me like, you should, you that's gotta, where that glow comes from. Actual soap this yeah. time. You no. gotta stop. Stop bathing, bathing in, in creativity. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a certain yeah, don't yeah. funk to it. Funk yeah. like that funk to the office. <laughs> <laughs> like clove cigarettes. Cloves it and smells patchouli. like it smells Creative like ham. Funk smells like <laughs> oh, ham. Cloves <laughs> and ham. Easter ham. Mm. Mm. So monster. Tasty. Wait, I'm getting inspired. It's a, a pork. It's a pork monster. Smells like ham. As you, as a vegetarian, like fighting a pork monster would be pretty terrible. I fight the hell out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you use monster. your fireball and be like, all right, it's charred. Oh, be like bacon. Yeah, we'll smoke I this monster ate out. Bacon on Saturday, unbeknownst to me. <gasps> Did you get sick? Bacon and a pasta. No, I don't even know if I tasted the bacon. I had like a bite of pasta. What they told you later just to annoy you? What? Well, it was like at a party, and he Uh. was like, "You're the only vegetarian here. I'm not going to make vegetarian pasta." (laughs) It was like Sunday when I learned. Oh yeah, well, too late. Yeah. By the way, it was really good. Thanks. I forgot to tell you about my dietary restrictions that I ignored with this pasta. You can't when you're 
when you're the only one, you can't. Can't, can't deny I the, the people. The West Coast bacon. was like a paradise of tempeh and the West Coast soy and Ithaca and Ithaca and wheat grass yeah, juice. We and cater to your your dietary uh, needs, but it's actually all carnivores here. There's quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny was a, uh, it's getting close to dinner time. Is that what's happening? Yeah, we're all kind of hungry. I was I was thinking about when uh, uh, during the stream of annihilation when Joe Manganiello was there, yeah. uh, he very he was like, "I need I need to eat I need to eat meat." And we're like, "Okay, let's get some." Like we had like <laughs> catering was happening, but he was like, "Yeah, no, my doctor says I need to have as much uh, protein as I possibly can." His doctor told him that. He, well, or his dietitian or whatever it is, but uh, uh, it, it was definitely like he's like, "I'm a carnivore. Anything with meat, I need it right now." I'm like, "Okay, we'll get it." We'll you know, make it, it happen. Yeah, and I just thought it was. Very very odd that someone who is so health conscious, you know, I mean, obviously he's putting on muscle or whatever and doing whatever working out people do. Uh, but like working out, whatever working is, out people. Yeah. You know, like exercising with people. like the protein shakes and all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, and he was, uh, you know, I guess so he wasn't going into that territory, but wanted something that was, you know, carnivorous. Hmm. It was the words he used. And I was like, oh, yeah. So he's a D&D person. <laughs> Felt like he was, he was in, the, in the tribe by, by doing it that way. Oh, yeah. Well, you had a great stream. Did and you I, watch it? I watched parts. I did not watch like 36 hours of live <laughs> streaming. I, but I, I dipped in and I said, wow, these guys are doing an amazing job. It looked job. really good. Right? Yeah, it looked yeah. great. And the players were great. I didn't know all the groups that were invited. So, you know. Did you watch the meat grinder? No, I missed it. I saw some of the photos later of the the ripped up sheets and and Perkins' yeah. gleeful smile and you know whatever. Just ah, that was my favorite bet when he started ripping. He was like, I want to try and get it into the microphone. So he was like in that <gasps> yes. ripping sound. Yes. It was good stuff. Harsh. Yeah, it was great. I, I had flashbacks to the the meat grinder dungeoning of the eighties and nineties. Where I think that was more common at some point, like in third edition, that kind of backed off the meat grinder stuff. Yeah, well, the idea that there was like like Tomb of Horrors was a uh, a tournament uh, right. game that was made to kill people as quickly as possible, and it was yeah. one of, like, the most challenging. And it it did that. It did that. Yeah, and, yeah. This is clearly also in that vein. Yeah, so I'm like I'm glad to see that style of play come back. I like it too. I like the idea of like you know once you're dead at the table, your your the player leaves. Like mm-hmm. I like that like rotating kind of idea. Like oh well, you're at, when you're dead, you're dead. It's kind of like you're the gone. idea of permanent get death. out. Yes, get, you, get you out. don't deserve to be here anymore. Were there any players that didn't get to play? Like were they still waiting in the wings? Yes. Oh. Yeah, there were a few. Oh. Chris Chris uh, Perkins played it straight up. That's what I liked about it. it was like yeah. he was he didn't he just didn't try to kill fudge the dice. Those. He didn't like go overboard to try and kill people. He was like he played it. The, the most fair way that he could, uh, which meant that there weren't a, there wasn't as much turnover as we were planning for. I thought there was going to be a lot more, yeah. a lot more deaths happening. Uh, right, but we turned so over the table once, so it ended up being like all I mean, six players that was were. Good. Yeah, I, I think of like Tracy Hickman's Killer Breakfast for this right. kind of thing, where you know he's got a line out the door. Oh yeah. And people sit down, and their characters there for about thirty seconds. Seriously? <laughs> okay, maybe it's not that. They'll so touch one thing, and be like, "All right, you're dead." Uh, but it's the turnover is incredible, and, and nobody part of, survives. Has anyone ever survived a killer breakfast? A killer breakfast, like the last guy in line, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to leave to tell the tale. I, I think some people survive, but huh. not not very long. And it's fun. Yeah, it's fun yeah. To watch that. yeah. And people were really fighting to survive, which I like too. Like it wasn't. It made it more uh, entertaining that oh, it yeah. wasn't just like oh well, you're that's dead. When you get creative, like, right? That's when you're just. What I'm else have pull we got? Out all the stops here and just I don't know what this potion is, but I drink it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's my college life. 
But I think you're I think you're right in a way that like that style of play uh, uh, changed and shifted because people became attached to their characters way more right. as as their role that they were playing. And so I, I blame uh, character optimization for this. If I'm going to spend six hours optimizing my oh, character, yeah. and like a, you better better live right he has plans for a feat at such and such a level and you know he's going to take a subclass or a, yeah, a prestige class presti- yeah. yeah i wasn't going to date myself but there you go right <laughs> uh, right you're like i'm planning yeah a kit in second edition oh, oh my god, god. Kits. yeah the, the prestige class of their day yeah but i mean if you've got your character planned out to the end why are you playing right it's yeah you gotta live in the moment sometimes i know it feels too regimented for me yeah but when people are doing not even just about uh, planning out a character that way, but like a character story arc in That's their heads different. of like, oh, hey, I want to meet my parents, my estranged parents. I know, love those plot like points. It's like, yeah. oh, you do, do you? Right. By the way, you mm. died. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you come from a long family of weird creatures. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Did I mention it's a full moon? Yeah, right. It's, it could be a blast, right? Um, but I think there's something, I mean, there's something actually at Origins that I think uh, uh, the Dungeons and Dragons team is running is uh, the D&D Open. Is, oh, is yeah, back it's back. We, yeah, we did it last year, and they, I think they're, they're updating again. Doing with it some, again. Yep. Some Tomb of Annihilation-y type stuff. Uh, or actually, I think it might be Tomb of Horrors-y type stuff at Origins. Okay. Um, but, uh, they're streaming yeah. it. Yeah, it's that idea of, of, of not, it's cooperative, competitive play. We're like, it's, right. it's, it's a tournament, uh, and you want to be the best at what you can do, but it's not necessarily... Uh, the level of, of lethality of uh, some of the older modules, but that right. idea of like everybody's doing something together. Everybody's working together. You're trying to beat the system. Yeah. Um, you're trying to do it faster, better, with good survival. Right. And then right. getting almost like a score at the end. You're like, oh, you got this far because you did X, Y, and Z. That kind of stuff. It's really hard to adjudicate and make sure it's mm-hmm. it feels fair. Right. Uh, but that's Trevor. That's Trevor's job. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor, I'm working, with, working with Trevor's uh, working on that right now. He's, he's, he's got some top men. Uh, Dave Christ uh, from Bald Man Games is doing, doing a lot of that there too. So, yep. uh, I think this podcast episode will actually go up the week after Origin. So, so it went it really was well. Great. It was, it was fantastic. fantastic. So fun. It's a, it actually D&D is really fun to ever. watch, even if you don't play it. That's true. I have right. Watched it. Satine and Rudy, uh, our friends yep. from LA, will be there uh, mm-hmm. streaming from the very show we're describing. So that means during that time, nobody's going to be demoing my game. I guess I'll just be sitting alone at a table. And you won't get any takers. Nobody. No. They're all going to be at the open. It's true. Yeah, I don't see that happening. Not either. <laughs> I know. People wandering the hall saying, what is this? It looks like Betrayal on House on the Hill, but it's uh, not. Oh, said, come sit down. Come to me. Come to Baldur's Gate. It's Will beautiful you be here. cosplaying as uh, Magdalena uh, during Origins? If I don't shower for a few days, I will. Mm. Just got to kind of look greasier. Well, you th- there's it? there is makeup that you can do, and it'll you can do that, or a mask, or I could do that, or uh, a wig. Mask. I love her. Yeah, yeah. I think you could. You could be bald. Get some nails. Come get some on. nails. I'll be bald if you'd you be mad. Don't you think he looks kind of like bald? Ah, uh, maybe. Well, know. you got to see the cover. He's got a theater background. He can look like anyone. It's true. I'm a chameleon. Man of a thousand faces. <laughs> <laughs> and unrecognizable. You just like. Nobody, I just blend in with the crown. Mm-hmm. It's true. That's how I kill all of my, uh, you know, Russian diplomats. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I just blew my, I just blew my cover. <laughs> you blew your cover on live 
Twitch stream. Oh, See, gosh, if it wasn't live, it. we could have edited that part out. It's a matter no. of national security. How can you do that? <laughs> oh, I learned from my president. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, okay. You can't do that either. All right. Uh, there's a question in the chat about uh, can you get this uh, TOA shirt, mm. uh, Tomb of Annihilation shirt? And we, uh, the answer to that is to come to one of our events, actually, at this point. We make a whole bunch of them, we handed them out as like swag. What? Uh, like but at it's Origins? Th- and, uh, I believe there will be the Dungeon Masters at during the D&D Open will have shirts that have this uh, no teeth on them. Uh, swag for the DM. Swag for the DMs. You've got to make them happy. Yeah, they're, you do. They're volunteering a lot. Yeah, they are. Great. And Game Hole and other packs. Um, yeah, I think we'll PAX West. We should have a, a version of this available, things like that. Uh, but the very thing is just, you know, uh, message me on Twitter and maybe I'll send it to you. Oh, <laughs> There's always that. That's always a possibility. Worms right I know, there. right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, well, here goes your Twitter notices. I know, right? it's going to blow up. It's going to blow up. Uh, speaking of Twitter, where can people find out uh, oh. about you? Well, uh, professionally, it's at Cobalt Press. Uh, when I'm just goofing around, it's at Monkey King. On Twitter, okay. and uh, oh, you know, there's a Cobalt Press Facebook and a Cobalt Press blog. And uh, is that you though, or do you have people? I actually have people to help with that, yeah. but a lot of it's me. Really? Well, people could actually interact with. Yeah, right. although the they, Wolfgang, the Wolfgang Bauer, or not Bauer. some days, but it depends, right? Like uh, James Hake is helping with some of that. Who yes. You know. Yeah, uh, we had him on the podcast after you yeah. mentioned yeah. him, and he was at the stream of annihilation. He came to say hi to uh, uh, oh. Mercer in the critical role. For right, us. He's, he has worked with them in the past. Yeah. I think he's working on um, their uh, source book. Right? Their source book that Green Ronin is doing That's soon. Correct. Right, it's, I can't remember the name of the campaign setting. Why am I blanking on it? Talderai. Thank you. I yeah, think, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, he's in with the critters. He's a good guy, that James Hague. He is, and he's. Uh, also working on a set of monsters for a project to be named. Oh, wait, it has been named. We, uh, uh, electric Beastaloo. Beastaloo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's contributing to that as well. That's great. So. Cool. Yeah. Good deal. That's going to be fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming to our uh, our live. live. I was terrified and you made it fun. Thank you. Really? We try. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, didn't, didn't even have to, right. You didn't have to pop in any uh, oh, menthols. Yeah. I, I surreptitiously have been just mainlining these mental <laughs> things to retain the aura. And then the as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to smoke another menthol cigarette. <laughs> nice. I'm go back to Bring my old bad habits. If you want us to hypnotize you, you can, we, can, yeah. we can do that. You already Is that next time? You That's next time. You don't even know it yet. But. If you bring me a gnomish hypnotist, I'm in. And an acupuncturist. Uh, an acupuncturist. I hate needles. I, well, sure. Why not? She'll be a tiefling. She'll be a tiefling. Tiefling. That's my type. All right. Let's go. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, to Wolfgang. We'll let you uh, step out uh, here. Uh, say goodbye free. to our friends. Bye, Bye you guys. Bye. That was really fun. Are we supposed to look at the cameras? I, we can right now because we're on the cameras. Hi, cameras. How I are you? I never know where to look. I feel like I, all I do is like glare at you. That's, I, I'm okay with the glaring. Did you guys notice any glaring? There was glaring happening there. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. I don't know. I never really know. I don't really. I guess we'll get used to it. Yeah. I, I forgot about the camera after a while there. Oh, you would be so good on reality TV. Oh, man, I would be really good. Mm. I could take off my shirts. <laughs> I my could shirts. get into a fight and in the pool. And reveal another shirt. And then have another, another Dungeons shirt. and Dragons shirt right yeah. underneath that one. Be like, yeah. guys, I've got a lot of you these. You could be that guy. I've got a lot of them. And they've got all I've got my sweat and funk all in them. Oh. But if you'd like one, uh, I can send it to you. Is that the one you're giving away <laughs> That's on the Twitter? one I'm giving away on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. 
Uh, so that was really great talking right, to Wolfgang. I love talking to him. He is like truly a friend of the show. He's just so easy to come in and talk. He's and got a soothing voice. Chat. Exactly. Even though he, he said he was sick. I didn't, I didn't even, he didn't seem sick. I didn't seem sick at all. But you better throw away that mug. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to. Maybe I'll get inoculated with whatever he had, and then I'll have those antibodies built up. So then, or you'll just get sick. Or I'll just get sick. There's that too. Yeah. Dang it. This plan is falling apart. Sorry, dude. Anywho, uh, thank you for bearing with us and listening to us yeah. on this uh, somewhat live the version. Uh, those of you who are listening not live, uh, you can watch us uh, on Mondays uh, around 2 p.m. On I Twitch, like that around two, around because you never know. It doesn't have to start right at two p.m. Uh, it's on Twitch.tv/dnd. Um, it's a good way to watch all the crazy antics that we do on these things. We recorded, I think, two episodes during this uh, this session, so we'll see how that goes. But um, you can always check it out uh, there, and then of course there's videos of uh, this happening. Um, that you can watch after it's live. It's just not you know what I'm going to say? Away. Video on demand is what I'm trying to say. It's not going away. The Twitch people call it VODs, which I'm not sure I'm, I'm okay with that kind of nomenclature, but you can VOD this later if uh, you'd like. That, that sounded so cool. Yeah. Do you want to VOD me? Oh, no. I don't know if I... That feels weird. Yeah, you know, but now I'm going to. I'll be like, oh, yeah. VOD yourself. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So... Feel free to check that out. we got a lot of streaming coming up uh, about Tomb of Annihilation over the course of the whole summer. We basically have Dungeons & Dragons games happening every day of the week, uh, and they'll be premiering this month uh, on the Twitch channel. You can look at the schedule that's below the video player, um, and as well, we'll have lots of uh, information about that on our Twitter feed, which is at wizards underscore DND. Follow us there. as also on our Facebook page, uh, like us there and you'll get all the updates as well um and we want to do some more instagrams and other things too but i don't want to plug those right now uh but i will plug that you should go to avalonhill.com is that what it's called yeah for our website for your website and you'll find mm-hmm. out about betrayal at Baldur's gate yeah b-a-b-g is how it's being b-a-b-g ac- ac- acronymized Baldur's with a u not an e spell check spell check don't do it yeah. Where, and then where can they find out about you, Shelly? At all? Shelly Moo on Twitter. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Or Facebook. Or at Fury the Horse on Twitter. <laughs> Fury. <laughs> Trying to get a co-hosting gig. Did you see that? I, I, I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can translate it. I know. I know. <laughs> it's you don't amazing. translate his words? I do sometimes. I yeah, always but do. I was Actually, re- some of them, I'm like, I know what that means. Yeah. Necesitito. I'm like, I know what that means. Me llamo. Fury. I love this Fury of the Horse. It's so good. Yep. Uh, I'm at Greg Tito. Feel free to reach out to me if you uh, want, want us to stop being live. Or to give us virtual <laughs> high fives on being live <laughs> and how cool it is. Uh, make sure you say really positive things to both me and Shelly on Twitter. And I think uh, that we'll do more of this and get better at it, perhaps. Well, um, we can only get better. Oh, yeah? This is the bottom? This I don't know. It's the first time we're doing this. Started from the bottom. Now we're here. That's a Drake song. I'm hip to that. Wow. I'm talking about. I love you guys, and we'll see you next week as Ryan Marth is laughing at me. As per usual. <laughs>